Welcome back to another episode of the Unlearning Podcast. My name is Ashley Lynn Hanks, and I am your host, your guide, and your biggest cheerleader on your reconstruction journey. Welcome to another segment of our Friday Field Notes, where we talk about reconstruction and rebuilding our faith after a season of deconstructing. This past summer, I started writing creatively again. Many of you may not know, but before I went to seminary, I went to film school and I earned my Master of Fine Arts at the Academy of Art in San Francisco. I loved art school and I really enjoyed the whole process of filmmaking, especially screenwriting. I have written several screenplays over the years, but life made it harder and harder to pursue. I faced a lot of what author Stephen Pressfield calls the resistance, <laughs> the challenge of needing to pay bills and grow a social life. And then I went to seminary. But over the summer, I got back into writing screenplays and novels again. And it's been so life-giving to my soul. I don't think I ever realized until recently how important community was to creativity until I joined the uh, Root and Tootin Writers Group with my friend slash actor, Carlos Haley. I also joined a novel writing community for lesbian and queer women called the Golden Crown Literary Society's Writing Academy, and that's been so helpful as well in centering me on my creative energy again. I really have to thank my wife for a lot of this creative energy that I'm feeling. When I told her that I wanted to start writing again, she went to the downtown LA City Library and brought back so many books on writing. It's really, really encouraging to have a partner who believes in your ability to create and to do well. And so I thank God for that every single day. Well, one of the books that I started reading to help inspire me is Stephen Pressfield's book, The War of Art. In his book, Pressfield writes about the resistance, the resistance we all experience in trying to grow or evolve or create or to pursue a dream. And he actually has a chapter on Christian fundamentalism that I found especially helpful. And so whether you are an artist or an entrepreneur or trying to start a family through adoption or just trying to eat healthier and you're facing the resistance, whoever you are and wherever you are at in your journey to grow and evolve, these words from Pressfield are for you. And so on today's episode, I'm going to read to you Stephen Pressfield's chapter on resistance and fundamentalism. So this is all Stephen Pressfield, and I quote, The artist and the fundamentalists both confront the same issue, the mystery of their existence as individuals. Each asks the same question, Who am I? Why am I here? What is the meaning of my life? At more primitive stages of evolution, humanity didn't have to deal with such questions. In the states of savagery or of barbarism in nomadic culture, in medieval society, in the tribe and in the clan, one's position was fixed by the commandments of the community. It was only with the advent of modernity, starting with the ancient Greeks, with the birth of freedom and of the individual, that such matters ascended to the fore. These are not easy questions. Who am I? Why am I here? They're not easy because human the human being isn't wired to function as an individual. We're wired tribally to act as part of a group. Our psyches are programmed by millions of years of hunter-gatherer evolution, 
we know what the clan is. We know how to fit into the band and to the tribe. What we don't know is how to be free individuals. The artists and the fundamentalists arise from societies at different stages of development. The artist is the advanced model. His culture possesses affluence, stability, enough excess of resource to permit the luxury of self-examination. The artist is grounded in freedom. He or she is not afraid of it. He is lucky. He was born in the right place. He has a core of self-confidence, of hope for the future. He believes in progress and evolution. His faith is that humankind is advancing, however haltingly and imperfectly, toward a better world. The fundamentalist entertains no such notion. In his or her view, humanity has fallen from a higher state. The truth is not out there awaiting revelation. It has already been revealed. The word of God has been spoken and recorded by his prophet, be he Jesus, Muhammad, or Karl Marx. Fundamentalism is the philosophy of the powerless, the conquered, the displaced, and the dispossessed. Its spawning ground is the wreckage of political and military defeat. As Hebrew fundamentalism arose during the Babylonian captivity, as white Christian fundamentalism appeared in the American South during Reconstruction, as the notion of the master race evolved in Germany following World War I. In such desperate times, the vanquished race would perish without a doctrine that restored hope and pride. Islamic fundamentalism ascends from the same landscape of despair and possesses the same tremendous and potent appeal. What exactly is this despair? It is this despair of freedom the dislocation and emasculation experienced by the individual cut free from the familiar and comforting structures of the tribe and the clan, the village and the family. It is the state of modern life. The fundamentalist, or more accurately, the beleaguered individual who comes to embrace fundamentalism, cannot stand freedom. He cannot find his way into the future, so he retreats to the past. He returns in imagination to the glory days of his race and seeks to reconstitute both of them and himself in their purer, more virtuous light. He gets back to the basics, to fundamentals. Fundamentalism and art are mutually exclusive. There is no such thing as fundamentalist art. This does not mean that the fundamentalist is not creative. Rather, his creativity is inverted. He creates destruction. Even the structures he builds, his schools and networks of organization, are dedicated to annihilation of his enemies and of himself. But the fundamentalist reserves his greatest creativity for the fashioning of Satan, the image of his foe, the in opposition to which he defines and gives meaning to his own life. Like the artist, the fundamentalist experiences resistance. He experiences it as temptation to sin. Resistance to the fundamentalist is called the evil one, seeking to seduce him from his virtue. The fundamentalist is consumed with Satan, whom he loves, as he loves death. It is coincidence that the suicide bombers of the World Trade Center frequented strip clubs during their training, or that they conceived of their reward as a squadron of virgin brides and the license to ravage them at, at, in the flesh pots of heaven. Is that a coincidence? The fundamentalist hates and fears women 
because he sees them as vessels of Satan, temptress like Delilah, who seduced Samson from his power. To combat the call of sin, i.e. resistance, the fundamentalist plunges either into action or into the study of sacred texts. He loses himself in these, much as the artist does in the process of creation. The difference is, is that while one looks forward, hoping to create a better world, the other, the fundamentalist, looks backward, seeking to return to a purer world from which he and all have fallen. The humanist believes that humankind as individuals is called upon to create the world with God. This is why he values human life so highly. In his view, things do progress. Life does evolve. Each individual has value, at least potentially, in advancing this cause. The fundamentalist cannot conceive of this. In his society, dissent is not just crime, but apostasy. It is hearsay transgression against God himself. When fundamentalism wins, the world enters a dark age. Yet still, I can't condemn the one, this is Stephen Pressfield talking, I can't condemn one who was drawn to this philosophy. I consider my own inner journey, the advantages I have had of education, affluence, family support, health, and the blind good luck to be born American. And still I have learned to exist as an autonomous individual. If indeed I have only by a whisker and at a cost, I would hate to have to reckon up. It may be that the human race is not ready for freedom. The air of liberty may be too rarefied for us to breathe. Certainly I would be writing this book on this subject if living with freedom weren't easy. The paradox seems to be, as Socrates demonstrated long ago, that the truly free individual is free only to the extent of his own self-mastery, while those who will not govern themselves are condemned to find masters to govern over them. End quote. So I know that was a lot to take in, but I hope that was interesting for you. It's really helpful to see fundamentalism like that, as so this kind of inverted creativity, as this inverted uh pursuit of wholeness and health and divine connection. You're not open to a mystery. You are pouring yourself into someone else's understanding of what could be right for you. And you're technically, when we stay in fun, in evangelical cultures and in, and in fundamentalist thinking, we are enslaving ourselves to people like John MacArthur or evangelical pastor. And so I hope that was helpful for you to think about today. In what ways are you still allowing other people to govern over you? In what ways are you allowing the evangelical culture and evangelical ways of thinking to sort of enslave you? In what ways can you begin to become more comfortable with freedom and the mystery of freedom? I love this. I love all of this. And I'm just so grateful you're on this journey with me. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Friday Field Notes. I pray that as you continue to fight the resistance and do the deconstruction and do the hard work of reconstruction, that you will find joy and satisfaction and spiritual nourishment in this beautiful spiritual freedom we get in being on this other side of the evangelical line and outside of the evangelical world. We may not ever have all of the answers to our questions. We may constantly be in discussion about spiritual atonement and how to think about the cross, but that's okay. 
Let's just be open. Let's continue to look outward and to have hope in other people, regardless of what they believe, and to not grind ourselves down into someone else's box of who we should be and what we should think. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Friday Field Notes on the Unlearning Podcast. My name is Ashley Lynn Hanks, and I am so grateful to be on this journey with you. 